Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show. I'm excited to be back, back after a 15-month hiatus from the first recording we did, which was in March 2019. And here we are in May 2020. We are amidst a pandemic and a way different real estate market than what we were talking about last time around. Um, I made a promise that I was going to try and do it monthly. It took me 15 months to get back to everyone, uh, but we're going to make a concerted effort to do this monthly, weekly, whenever I can get it out there and go a little bit shorter than last time around and just try and give you guys quick hits of content if you don't read my weekly blog and try and give you a little bit more context as we make our way through every recording. So anyway, thanks for all of you guys getting back in here and uh, listening with me. I'm going to be jumping into three topics for this uh, podcast. Um, we're going to cover the April 2020 data. Uh, we're going to get May data starting next week, but I wanted to go over April data to kind of give everyone uh, an idea of how the coronavirus was affecting local real estate here in the South Bay. Um, after the data of topic number two, I wanted to talk about some dislocations that I'm seeing in the marketplace from Manhattan Beach to Palos Verdes. Um, and then topic number three, I want to share what I have been telling clients uh, in the month of May and some uh, in late April as a result of what's going on uh, with the pandemic and how they should be playing the real estate market as a seller or a buyer. That stance will probably change next week once we get the May data, but I'd love to give you a glimpse into what I'm talking about with clients currently and then how we will change and adjust based off of the May data. So let's jump right into it. The numbers, the numbers are always the most important thing. It kind of helps uh, take opinion and anecdote out of the equation, even though those are very important. The numbers kind of help keep me grounded on what's going on in the market and various sub-markets. Uh, and that's even more important in a time where we saw new listings plummet, where plummet, where we saw new deals plummeting, we saw supply drop, we saw demand drop. And as a result, no one really knows what anything is worth in a time of uncertainty. So it's always great to dive into the numbers to try and get some clarity. So I'm going to start, uh, you know, April numbers. It's a full month of data after knowing that we had a lockdown pretty much throughout the United States and California getting into it towards uh, the middle of the end of March. Um, if you read my blog, you know, I think pending sales are really going to be a forecast of how the market is going to perform, um, whether there's strength or weakness, and then how that's going to affect price. We really don't know where prices are going to go right now because there's so much uncertainty. There could be low supply and huge demand and it shoots prices up. There could be low supply and low demand and prices fall because sellers need to sell. We still need a few more months of data really to kind of figure out what's going on and and obviously see how the pandemic pro progresses. But back to pending sales, you know, initially in March, we saw pending sales plummet. And in some areas, we saw them 
you know, fall just a little bit. And in other areas, we saw them drop huge. You know, for instance, Palace Verdes, pending sales didn't drop all that far. But in Redondo Beach, we saw a massive drop in sales in the month of March. I thought April would get a little bit better because people would wrap their heads uh, around what was going on. Instead, April pending sales were worse than I expected. Across the board, Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, Redondo Beach, and both Palos Verdes 90274 and 90275 zip codes, all of those markets pending sales dropped between 70 and 80%. That's insane. We've never seen anything like that before. Not, you know, not with a Northridge earthquake, uh, not with, uh, you know, various shocks to the system. I don't even think 9-11 had that. Um, but this pandemic basically put the market on ice in terms of deal making. You know, Redondo Beach was down about 75%. In April of last year, they had 82 deals in escrow. And this April 2020 pandemic, April, there were only 21 deals in escrow. That's wild. Um, you know, Manhattan Beach, high-end luxury market, escrows last year in April, 43. This year in April, only nine. That's a 79.1% drop. So pending sales were down huge, much worse than I thought they would be. And that's going to have an impact on the market, especially to sellers who are motivated to sell and less deals are getting done, that's going to put pressure on price um, decreases to get uh, things done. Sales volume, uh, that's something that is a, a um, topic not a lot of people cover, not California Association of Realtors or National Association of Realtors, but volume's a big deal because you can still be doing deals, but if the volume's a lot lighter, normally that means um, there's not strength. And you see that a lot in the stock market where, hey, the market might be up, but it's on very low volume. And that's when they say a rally's getting kind of weak and you tend to see a turnaround after that. That doesn't happen all the time, but man, oh man, has the volume been light relative to, to other areas. And, you know, I'll give you uh, an example, Redondo Beach, $220 million worth of business, uh, real residential real estate business was done in April of 2019, just 99 million worth of business was done uh, in April of 2020. That's closed business. That's a drop of 56.3%. Um, and not that that really impacts anything pricing-wise, but that's a big deal for the local economy because of the money that's generated from real estate transactions. Redondo Beach has a city transfer tax, unlike a lot of the other cities that we cover around here in the South Bay. And that's a huge hit to the Redondo Beach city budget. In fact, uh, the city came out with an article, or, or there was an article this past week about Redondo Beach needing to lay off a, a, a large chunk of their workforce because they were you know, projecting revenues down in a, in a big, big way. So closed sales volume was really disappointed in the month of April. Uh, and then just closed deals to begin with. 
um, closed sales, you know, those are still carrying over from deals being done in February and March. And, and people probably kept a few things together because their deals uh, had contingencies removed already. But I'll, I'll just run it down for you. Uh, you know, compared to April of last year, Manhattan Beach was down 47%, Hermosa down 35%, Redondo Beach down 56%, PV 90274 up 3.7%, which is a good sign for that area, and PV 90275 down 23%. So those are still closed deals uh, based on, on escrows that were made likely in February and March. So that's not going to tell us too much. But man, oh man, the pending sales being down huge is is really going to, I think, hurt May numbers along with heading into June. And, and these disappointing April numbers are a big, big deal because April is one of our biggest months in the South Bay. The spring is the biggest month for the residential real estate market, and it is just not the same market as it has been in years past. Um, you know, there's been some reports lately uh, from the National Association of Realtors. Um, they came out with with April data about a, a, a week ago, and same with California Association of Realtors. But NAR is really talking about inventory being squeezed. You know, that is is probably the case in other areas throughout the country. But you've got to remember, real estate markets are local, and so. You can have a boom town, uh, you know, back in the day with an oil, uh, you know, well being struck and and that market's going to be getting crazy high and you could be seeing an area like Detroit where the auto business was going under and and prices were falling precipitously. Um, You've really got to look local. So even though the national picture talks about an inventory squeeze and interest rates are low and, and there's multiple offers because no sellers are putting their homes on the market. I'm just not seeing that being the case here in the South Bay and especially the the four areas I like to cover on my blog and this this podcast. You know, yes, sellers aren't putting their properties on the market in some areas, but the buyer demand has dropped uh, the same, if not greater than the inventory squeeze. And if if you break it down by certain markets, um, you know, let's use Manhattan Beach, for instance, there's no inventory squeeze in Manhattan Beach. Manhattan Beach actually, as of right now, has some of its highest inventory levels for the month of May um, compared uh, to the last, you know, basically since the Great Recession. Uh, So Manhattan Beach has no shortage of inventory, but its pending sales are down close to 80%. That's not healthy for the Manhattan Beach market. Um, you know, whereas other areas like the PV 90274 and 90275 are holding up a little bit better. So you've really got to look at it on a case by case basis. We are not the national market. Um, and you've really got to look locally to your local advisors for data. Um, I think the California Association of Realtors report on their April data that came out just a little while ago is a lot more valuable. Um, California as a state as a whole, and that's obviously not localized like I like people to follow, but California statewide prices were lower by 
1% compared to last month. That's not a big deal. I like looking year over year. Year over year compared to last April, the state is up 2.5%. But again, uh, closed deals representing the median price in the state, uh, you know, those are deals that were made in February and March before the pandemic, before the panic in the stock market, and before lenders started, you know, pulling back their lending programs. Uh, and so California is not falling off a cliff, but it's certainly not strong like the National Association uh, of Realtors might suggest. I want to give you guys a quote from the lead economist of CAR. Her name's Leslie Appleton Young. She's great, and she really tells it like it is. And I want to give a quote from her that I think really encapsulates the market and things I've seen on the low end and then how it applies kind of the South Bay high end that a lot of people come to me for, for the podcast and the blog. But here's Leslie's quote. With the recession level decline in closed home sales, the statewide medium price was just barely able to avoid going into negative territory in April in part because high-end homes saw the biggest sales declines. Even with tight supply and low interest rates, home prices will continue to be tested by economic deterioration in the short term. So I think she nailed it there because, yes, if you go to lower-priced areas in the marketplace where conforming loans are still in play, it's less of a luxury market, we're seeing deals get done, and and the market's pretty resilient. I have an agent with our company who listed a home over Memorial Day weekend in Oceanside, super affordable, uh, under $500,000. They priced it aggressively. They got over 10 offers over $100,000, rates are low, and, and, and are going to get a very healthy price um, for that marketplace. But on the flip side, when you go to the luxury market, which Appleton Young pointed out, and you look at areas like Manhattan Beach, you look at the high-end luxury market in Palos Verdes, you look at the Esplanade in South Redondo, uh, you look at some strand inventory in Hermosa Beach, and the deals just aren't getting done. Um, and, and so I think these are things to watch. Uh, you know, if you check on my blog, I talk about the impacts of unemployment, lower GDP. You know, you've got to watch things like the government assistant, uh, assistant programs like PPP and the higher unemployment assistance that we're getting that maybe are helping the market in certain areas, but maybe wouldn't help in other areas. Those type of things are all going to affect our marketplace, and you've got to keep a pulse on. So I'm going to leave it at that with some of the numbers, since I'm going to report on May numbers next week. Check my blog for the April numbers. I'm going to get on to topic number two, since I, I stuck with those numbers a little bit too long, but dislocations in the marketplace. Um, you know, I'm starting to see some sellers sweat in areas, and really the biggest places where you're seeing dislocations from prices that we were seeing last year and the years prior is anyone who bought in 2009 and is trying to resell their home without any major improvements. Those sellers are listing 
just barely above what they bought their homes for, basically just to cover their their closing costs and commissions. And there are a few sellers that are listing where they will lose. And I even saw a house that I wrote about in my blog a couple weeks ago about dislocations that was going to lose after buying four years ago, and now they've cut their price a quarter of a million dollars less than what they bought the house for four years ago. They still haven't made a deal. Now, that's not the case everywhere. That's that's the exception right now. But I am seeing more and more properties come out where they're willing to take less uh, than prices they purchase for and then need to sell sellers, not distressed sellers, but say a probate sale or a trust sale where someone inherited a property and they're getting a million bucks. They're happy to list it. 900 grand and take their $900,000 and get that cash. Um, So those type of sellers are taking prices that are a a definite discount to sales pre-pandemic. And I think that's going to start having an impact um, if we don't have some strength coming back into the market. So if you're interested in those, those dislocations, check out my blog post from uh, May 21st, where I write about a lot of those. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write about those a lot more. And we're really going to see if these dislocations are going to hold in the new construction market, because new construction drives a lot of pricing. It's very easy to value new construction. And very rarely do you see new construction deals in a healthy economy like we've had in the last few years take much less than the last comp um, that was new construction. And I think we're going to start seeing developers sweat with this drop in pending sales and closed sales. And if you've got construction debt, that's going to force a lot of developers to start thinking about taking uh, you know, deals that are less than the past uh, you know, comps before the pandemic to really move out their inventory and say, you know what, let's take a small profit or just deleverage and get our capital back and, and see if we can make some better deals uh, uh, during a, a tougher economic environment. So start watching for dislocations. I'm seeing them. It's nothing that's going to move the market. Uh, in fact, the market moves very, very slowly. And I've been harping uh, to clients that, you know, It's going to take time, months for us to kind of work through and see what the new trends are in the market. So we're not going to see a ton of movement the first month, the second month after this pandemic and the weak economic environment. We really need to uh, have three, four, six months worth of data to really see where we're going in this environment, which kind of leads me to the final topic, topic number three, which I'll get to more on uh, how we need more time for this data to shake out. But I'm going to start with sellers first and, and, and then finish with buyers. Where, what have I been telling uh, my clients who are, are potential sellers in this environment? Well, number one, if you don't need to sell or don't want to sell and you love your home, there's no reason to sell in this environment, really. Um, but for people who go, hey, look, I've got to move for a job 
or we're outgrowing this townhome because we've got some kids getting older and we need a backyard. We've got to get into a new single family. You can still sell in this environment, but really the big factors that I find is homes that are vacant get deals done a lot more than homes with people living in it. Just with the sensitivity to the virus, the fact that people have to be out of the home, there's no open houses for people to come through uh, over the weekends. You really want your home to be vacant when you sell. So I've been advising sellers, hey, if you want to sell, go rent a casita at Terranea for two weeks and move out of your house for two weeks. And price it aggressively. You don't need to fire sale your house. But if your home's worth $2 million, you know, according to the last comp, consider listing at 1975 or even 1899 if you've got a nice gain and price it where buyers are going to be really incentivized to take a hard look at your home. That is going to get a bunch of people through those first two weeks and if you don't make a fast deal or get, you know, maybe some traction where you get a little bit more over your asking price because you price aggressively, that's how you got to get it done. And you need to be willing that you may not make a deal. If you don't make a deal in those first two weeks, time to move out of the casita and move back into your house. You can now show it on a a once or twice basis after the first two weeks, but if it doesn't sell in that short amount of time frame with an aggressive price and and it being vacant, then you're probably not going to get a deal done that really you know warrants the value of your home in this environment. And I'd recommend you just stay there. But you can't know unless you test the market, and you really want to get out of there. Get out of there for two weeks. Make it really intriguing. Uh, if you can make a deal and 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 get some dry powder, you're really going to be able to take advantage of some opportunities that I foresee down the road. Buyers, what have I been advising buyers? Well, it's 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 patience, patience, patience. I, I can't I can't emphasize patience enough. We need more data to know where the market's going, but man, oh man, the the soft numbers in the pending sales, closed sales, and and the fact that we're seeing dislocations in the market already just two months after this stay-at-home order in a big way, it's going to take some time for those those you know closed sales to make the market nervous, and then people see a sale that was lower than last year's sale, and the next buyer wants a price lower than that most recent sale. And so what I've been telling buyers is, man, wait two, three, six months. Um, I'll give you an example. During the Great Recession, it took two years for that awful market to hit bottom, and prices bounced along the bottom another two years after that. Uh, I was able to raise some money and buy a great deal in South LA in in June of 2018. So we were early. We were earning a 15% ROI on our down payment. We were happy. If we had waited until June 2019, um, we would have we gotten another 100 grand off the price. We would have been making 25% ROI on our down payment. And so really, these you know residential prices tend to be sticky, and it takes a while for the market to adjust. It takes a while for sellers to get realistic. 
and 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 it takes a while for those comps to come through. Do I believe it's going to be a two-year process and bump along two years? No. I mean, hopefully we get a vaccine within the next year and we start getting back to normal. If I had to take a guess, if it stays somewhat ugly for, for the next 12 months, I mean, we're going to find a bottom in the next six to 12 months. I, I don't know how big that's going to be. It could be 5%. It could be 1%. It could be 15%, but I think you've got a good six to 12 months until we find a bottom. And we may even hug that bottom as we move into a recovery and not a recovery from the bottoms, but an actual rebound once we have a vaccine and don't have to worry about this pandemic. So patience, patience, patience for my buyers um, and, and the sellers, you know, you gotta you gotta price a little bit aggressively. Get out of the darn house, and if you make a deal, that's an amazing result. And if you don't, there's no shame in moving back into the house and waiting a year or so to 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 get a better market. So that's what I've been telling clients the last month. It's it's going to change here in June because we're going to get May numbers next week. And in fact, I'm even making some some moves myself personally that may buck the trend a little bit of that advice that I've been given out the last four to six weeks. So if I'm able to keep my word and get this podcast out again next week, we're going to focus on the brand new May numbers. I'll be doing a blog post on that next week, but I'm going to spend some time diving deep into those numbers and giving you my opinion on where the trends are going and how you can take advantage as a seller or a buyer. And then the week after that, I'm going to disclose the personal moves that I'm making um, as a result of the main numbers and kind of my, uh, you know, forecast for the market and why I'm making those moves now and and what uh, what deals I'm hoping to make down the road as a result. So, 25 minutes on this podcast, I was shooting for 20. It's been 15 months. Thanks to you guys for hanging in there and listening with me. We'll be back next week, hopefully. Uh, with some May numbers, and uh, we should have some fun because that's going to give us a lot of insight into where our local South Bay market is going. Everyone, be well, stay safe, and have a great rest of your week, and I will see you next week on the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show. See ya. See ya.